Kyle Tater, I'm Charles Hathaway. Let's talk about the definition of permaculture. Now you'll hear differing opinions on this and I know we've discussed it, but I am always open to modification to get a better grasp of it. I've talked about it being a design science and that I believe it is, uh, but that also seems very ethereal. Um, you know, what does that mean? You know, you can design a, a house or a Lego structure, you know, using design science. Okay, so um, I'm going to modify it a little bit. And let's, I'd like to say that permaculture is a design science whereby we design an ecosystem in order to obtain yield. Now, I can't take full credit for that. Um, it was somebody else's definition that says that uh, um, that it is a uh, uh, ecosystem, uh, trying to create an ecosystem to obtain yield. But I still like the word design and science in there. It's a design science whereby we create ecosystems in order to obtain yield. And yield can mean anything that it is that, that we're seeking. So for many people, it's going to be food. Okay, that's great. Other people, it may be fuel, such as uh, for a wood-burning stove, or um, it could be... Um, I mean, I've even heard of people raising... Uh, willow trees because they can make they can use the branches to create really good charcoal for artists and that is a fabulous yield because that's not cheap charcoal <laughs> it's it's rather expensive which means if you're if you've developed a good system for uh, making and selling charcoal your yield can include, um, you know, willow branches for making charcoal. And uh, usually you don't want to limit it to just one thing, okay? You may have a center thing that you're going for, but you're always going to have supporting role uh, systems. So say it's, you know, raising willows for charcoal, you're going to have to think, okay, well, I'm not just planting a bunch of willow trees. I'm also coming up with a really good water management system because willows use a lot of water. And so maybe I want to design for a water catchment and, uh, and then I'm going to think about, you know, maybe a, an aquaponics type system um, not to be confused again with hydroponics, but uh, aquaponics, which would be, you know, fish and ponds and uh, uh, water plants and so forth. If you have an entire aquaponics system built, then willow trees should be really easy to raise. So, um, and you're kind of aiming for a closed loop which is kind of the, de the definition of an ecosystem. It's a system that supports itself, 
using the elements within the system. And so <clears throat> you're trying to create this system that is closed loop, that obtains a yield, and is self-replicating. That's a big deal too. That means that you don't have to be constantly putting in inputs in order to maintain your system because that's not closed loop. I mean, it could be the end of the loop or the everything that goes in, nothing leaves it. But if you're having to put in constant input, then it's not closed loop, really. And so you're trying to, and, and you may never have a perfect ecosystem in that sense. You may always be putting some kind of inputs in, but uh, you're aiming for complete energy independence, meaning, you know, everything that goes into the system is coming out of the system and you're doing as little of that effort as possible. Okay? So you become an ecosystem manager rather than a gardener or a farmer. You're still going to be probably somehow harvesting you're going to need to somehow partake of the yield that you're seeking in the case of the charcoal you're going to need to be going out and clipping willow branches in order to get what you need but uh, that's that's the point is that is that you've got a system that creates plenty of branches so that you don't have to be uh, constantly trying to work at uh, getting that yield. There will be upfront work, probably a great deal of it, and then you can sit back and mostly reap the benefits. You know, maybe occasionally you'll need to uh, adjust a uh, uh, I don't know, some kind of water flow, or you'll need to, you know, occasionally free up a, an area that's gotten jogged up with, you know, too heavy of foliage or something, you know. You, you want to get to the point where your problems are excessive yield. Okay, that's, that's kind of a, you could put that as a goal in mind. Once you get to the point where there's just too much being created, of what you want, then you know that you've got a pretty good system and that it takes work to keep from having too much. And also that hints toward, you know, if you're getting a ridiculously overabundance of yield, well, maybe you need to rethink your uh, approach to what you're doing with the yield because if you're say for example your your major crop your yield that you're seeking is apples okay you want to be able to have all the apples you need for an entire year okay a few years in you'll have that because uh, you'll plant enough trees to grow enough apples for your family and you'll bottle apples you'll make applesauce you'll make apple pie you'll make all these apple products for yourself and your family and you'll find you still have apples left over tons of them and that's the point where you can start saying okay 
we have an overabundance of the yield that we sought. Now we can use that overabundance to maybe uh, provide a different yield. For example, you go and you sell, you sell your excess apples at farmer's market and that will give you some money as well. And perhaps you can use that money and you could just call that money your second yield or you can use that uh, money to develop a, a wheat crop so that you can start growing enough wheat to be able to supply your wheat for making apple pie and then have yourself a little apple pie business or something you know I mean there's there's any direction this can go but again you're not going to have the entire focus of your apple orchard be the apples and I mean that may be your primary yield but first off there's no reason to only ever try to get apples and nothing else I mean what's the point when you've got when it, there's going to be other things needed in order to get the best apple crop you can get anyway okay so growing things that support apple trees growing things that will give your uh, apples the nitrogen they need for example um, you might have something like sugar snap peas or or green beans or you know any kind of bean kidney bean you know uh, whatever you put those around the apple trees and they will provide a great deal more nitrogen than what you would have uh, what they would have on their own and I mean think about this you could go out and buy yourself fertilizer which is expensive and you could put it around your apple trees or you could go get some bean seeds which are not terribly expensive plant them around your apple trees and your trees will get the nitrogen they need and you will also get beans out of it and you'll probably get more beans than what you planted which means you get all your money back especially if you go take those beans to farmers market and sell them you get everything back that you made or that you uh, spent and your apple trees get the nitrogen they need there's no reason to use fertilizers and external inputs if you're doing this right and that's the idea of an ecosystem now maybe you don't want to plant beans every year and so you put a couple of mimosa trees interspersed between your trees your apple trees because they are nitrogen fixing trees they're basically bean trees and some kinds of mimosas you got to check on this because there's some kinds that are poisonous but some kinds of mimosas the uh, the seeds are as edible as any other dried bean like uh, pinto bean or great northern bean they can be cooked and eaten uh, like beans because that's they're essentially the same family but they're coming from a tree instead of a, a bush or a vine so that's just the start so let's just say you've got some kind of legume some kind of bean or whatever surrounding your apple trees now let's uh, 
let's throw some, you know, because some grass is going to be trying to grow, maybe throw some corn in there. Because the corn, or, or maybe even wheat, like we talked about. <clears throat> because you want to grow a little bit of grain for your, um, for pastries or apple pie, whatever, you know, or maybe just because you know that it's going to be good for the ground around. Now, you don't want too much of that around your apple trees because fruit trees don't tend to get along with grass all that well. But if you've got enough beans around there, chances are it'll not only do harm, but it'll actually do quite a bit of good. But the point is, study the ecosystems of apple trees, okay? What do they need? What plants provide those needs? And also, what other inputs provide the needs of the plants? Okay, if you've got, uh, if you need something to be um, providing cross-pollination, maybe you're going to want several crabapple trees that, that have blossoms a lot longer and cover more of the season of your apple trees so that you can get the uh, pollination needs of your apple trees. So, uh, just a quick reiteration, uh, we're going to define, or I'm going to define permaculture as a design science whereby we create ecosystems in order to obtain yield. So with that, I'm Charles Hathaway. Thanks for listening to another episode of Wild Tater.